0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Balak 5782. The Pesach says, Perek Chaf Be'ez Pesach Chaf, Vayav Elohim HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to Bilem at night, Vayim Elohim said to him, Kroh Lecha If the men came to you to invite you to go with them, Kum Lechitam, you can get up and go with them. But what I tell you to do, that's what you're going to do. So in between the words Elohim and Bilam, there's a psik. And the Rabbin Fraim says that this is to indicate that does, a that Kirshbauch does not appear through nevuah to the other nations of the world. It doesn't appear in the same way as he does to regular people, but as a divor. So it's almost like it stops and then he spoke to him. The Rukach says that psik refers to an Anan hakavod, which separates between Noga, and Bilaam, no, guys, in the light of Akharish parahu, so to speak, because Akharish Parochu never would have spoken to him directly. And the Tzuni says the Benei Yisrael were able to speak to Akharish Parochu, while the nations, of the world, are only able to speak to the Malach of their of their nation, Shemayin, to a type of window that opens up for them. That has to do with their body and what they stand for, etc. And that's what the Tzuni talks about. But this concept is still there. That by Yavlo L'Khim Bilaam, Akharish did come to Bilaam, but in a different version that we have. This is not really the subject for right now. That's something that we've spoken about in the past. That a really appeared to a Bilem or did appear to a Malach but that's not for right now the of Priam and the Rokeach say that Bilem and the word Laywa, Billum and Laywa plus kolo is 218 that's the same gematria as Leu Pesach and they say because this is when it happened it happened on the night of Pesach the Pardes who quotes the Medrash Yu Khadash, who says this in Simni that the whole story of Bilem happened on the night of Pesach, or that time where HaKadosh Baruch came to him, the first and the second night of Pesach. Now, the Medrash Rabbah calls the night of Pesach, the night over here of Alel Shimurim, right, the night of Bilem. And that, obviously, Alel Shimurim is the word that's used to describe Pesach night. We know that from the Gemara M'sachim. That's what he says over there. We know that there's a connection between Bilam and Lavan. Either Bilam and Lavan shared the same neshama, or Lavan's son was Bilam because Lavan was Baor, Bilam then Baor. Or there was an actual, they, they actually were the same, whether that was a Gilgal or something different. Regardless, that's what Bilam and Lavan were. There's a connection between them. It's interesting, because in Uz-Rov-Nisim, which is the piyot that we say, on on Pesach night, it's the one that nobody does, like that one in between, it's like but it's also not the beginning of Mirza. So either way, but it suggests that Lavan's dream happened right? Sounds like it happened on the night of Pesach. So Lavan's dream, which he was told not to do anything to Yaakov, neither good or bad. Now that's super similar to what happens to Bilam over here. So it's possible that there's a connection between the two in a much quieter fashion. The Pesach is describing the relationship between Lavan and Bilam in this fashion. The only issue with this is it's Pharisee and Rabbi and Ibschitz, the great Rabbi Yonason who says that Bilam and Balak met on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Now he doesn't. I don't know if that's the dream uh, that, that happened on that night. I, I can't tell exactly what Rabbi Ones and Ipchitz means by that. But he says the reason for that is because the Aseris and Me'ichuva have no anger. And that's why Kaddish Baruch Hu said I did not get angry to Gamon I didn't get angry. And there was no din in Shemayim at the time because Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, that's the time of Aseris and Me'ichuva, when Kaddish Baruch Hu was kinder to us, so to speak. He had rushed out in order to get there before Rosh Hashanah. Right, And that's why the Sultan delayed him with his donkey in order for him to only gather on the night of Rosh Hashanah, which means the 10 days. Now, that wouldn't make any sense if it happened on Pesach. That wouldn't make any sense at all. So it sounds like this by Rosh Hashanah. There is a pun in Myopos, that says the exact same thing. In fact, he says that the word Ara, which is one of the words for cursing instead of kaba, Ara is Alek Rosh Hashanah. And that's because it happened on the night of Roshan. That's the reason why he says, He heard the shofar blasts of the king because they were blowing for Roshan itself. He kept pushing them off until Yom Kippur, realizing he couldn't do anything on that, he was unsuccessful. And that's the idea. Ozer Plows the Torah, it says makes sense because that's around the times of Sihon and Og. I don't understand how that makes more sense. I mean, Sihon happened in El. And Og seemingly happened in the middle of and after Yom Kippur by Sukkot's time. That's what it certainly seems to mean. If you say that this happened before Sukkot and even before Yom Kippur, I don't know if that's a Raya that it happened after Og. Certainly after Sichon, but not before. I don't know. The word Im, when it says Im likor and Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch is such a strange thing. If the men are calling you, then okay, then you can go, but you're only going to say what I want you to say. Did Hakadosh have a suffix? Did you have a doubt about what the people wanted? What in the world does that mean? The Rabbi O'Freyim says it's like the phrase, Im kesef talve esami, if you lend money to my nation, which of course is a chiyuk, we have to lend money. Or the Im mizbeach adama, if you build a mizbeach adama. Obviously it's a chiyuk. So to when they invite you, then you can go. And that's how the Rabbin O'Freyim puts it, and therefore... It wasn't a suffix whatsoever. The Paneach Raza says this wording of a Kaddish is exactly what confused Bilam and convinced him that he'd be able to curse Kala Yisrael. We see that the word Kara used in this Pasuk is used in a reference to Korbanos in Shmuel when he meets Shol ha-melech. in Shmuel Aleph. It says in Paratest Pasuk Ki La'am, Yochlu Hakruin, the people are invited to come, those are the people. Therefore, maybe Bilam thought that the way to get to a Kaddish was by bringing Korbanos. And that's Im Likro if they invited you meaning they told you to bring Corbanos, then you should go and that's how he understood what HaKadosh Baruch was telling him so Im and what were the mistakes of Bilem the Razzanamir says this is why Bilem thought that HaKadosh changed his mind because originally he told him not to go because the word Im is being used up here. Akadosh Baruch is showing him wouldn't want to do. But that that obviously leads to a question which I'm going to try to answer in 15 different ways. Why did Hashem allow Billam to go when he said before he didn't want him to go? He said very clearly, you should not be going. Why did he get angry afterward when Billam actually went? He told him no, and then he told him yes. And then he went, and he got angry at him? That doesn't make any sense. Why in the world is this? So this question, again, we have 15 answers to this question. Number one is the Gemara in Hadron and Kofalim and Aleph. It says, we learn from over here that chutzpah works. Chutzpah Yaski. Chutzpah is the great thing. If you push, sometimes a kaddish baruch Hu will give in to you, even though it's not good for you at all. That's how the crazy thing about chutzpah. Sometimes chutzpah can be used in the best way, and the greatest people can have the greatest chutzpah. And unfortunately, sometimes not. There's no greater chutzpah than asking a kaddish baruch Hu to curse his own nation, and yet clearly it worked. A Kodesh baruch who said yes. That's what the gemara learns from here. The Tzuram Mor says a baruch who saw his desire to go and his tremendous ego and realized telling him no would cause him to do something worse, possibly. So therefore, Qadosh Baruch, on we go, on condition that he's going to say what he said. The Behor Shor the rush says, HaKadosh Baruch told Bilem he did not want to be the reason why Bilem lost out on a lot of money. That's the idea. Therefore, he allowed him to go. So really, HaKadosh Baruch didn't want him to go, but he said, If they came to you and they, asked, they offered you a ton of money, then you can go, but it's not the greatest idea for you. And that's the way he said it over. The Rashi says, I'm means if the Kriya is for you. This is part of the second answer. If the Kriya is for you, if you think you're going to make money by going with them, then I'm going to allow you to go. Obviously, the question that Rashi was twofold. Why did the Baruch Hu seem to change his mind and why they used the word Im, which sounds like he was misilfic, and he's answering, because if it's about money, then I'm going to allow you to go. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more. I'm going to expand on that. The Gura says the Pasuk wanted to say, right, had the Pasuk wanted to say, if they're inviting you to come with them, then the wording should have been Imlikro Likro Osach. That's what it says, or Oscha. But it's not Oscha, it was Likha. So lecha is like shlach lecha anashim something good for you as we see elsewhere. That would only be true if they're offering you a ton of money and honor and going with them would be good for you. Then it would be for them. That's almost like an out for Bill. Even though you told them you couldn't go, I am willing to let you go as long as you're only doing it for yourself and not for them. That, Hakadish kind of Barakulalan, but just know, whatever you say to Venezuela will never be up to you, it's gonna be up to me. But that's what he's telling him. He's telling him that I'm giving you an out, a way of getting out of it, but just know, it's gonna be completely up to you. Now, we're gonna go on about this a little bit later with some of the other answers. Rechaim Paltiel is a third answer. He says, Kriya is a lushin of temporary things. If they're asking you for to go, to go with them for a little bit, then you can go. But you can't go and finish the job for them, because I will tell you what to say. You'll have no permission to speak without me. That's why HaKadosh Baruch was upset that he went, because he was planning on going and finishing the job. But I only give you permission to go if you were temporarily going, if you were going just for a kara, for a visit. But you didn't ask that. And the tip says the same. If it's not, if it's not for most shovels, you're not there to settle there, you're just planning to go and do things with them, to plan things, that would be okay. But if it's going to be kum, and the difference is, it would have to be kum lech itam, meaning with them but not equal to them. You can go and give advice. I'll allow you to go and give advice. You're allowed to do that. What would be smart? What would be not smart for them to do? You could do that, but that's it. You can never go imam, men, which means equally with them as if you want it as badly as they do. Itam, I'll allow you to, but imam, you can't. That's why he was punished, because it says im sorimov. It doesn't say bayylech es sorimov, but im. That's the Vilna as well. The Vilna Gon says the exact same thing. The problem was not the Etum, The problem was the Imam. And the fact that he told them what to do to go etum and not Imam, and he went Imam, that's why Kirshbaughal got so upset. That's number three. Number four, the Sforna was very similar to that. Kriya means to go and advise them. If they're asking you to curse B'nai. So I already told you, you can't go. But if they're asking you to go with them and advise them, then 100% you can go. And the Lushan of Kriya is used as advice. In Shmuel alaf Chavchast Tzvav, and the Abarbenal says the same. So very similar. The third and the fourth answer. Number fifth answer is the Chizkuni. If they're so dumb that they came to you again, even when I told you not to go, then you can go and do the exact opposite of what they said. I will allow you to go and do the exact opposite. That's how the Chizkuni puts it. Number six, the Moshe of Zekeinim said he was told not to go on his own, but rather in their chabura the whole the whole entire time. That way, he wouldn't be able to do nichosh at all during the entire trip, that superstitious stuff and the magic that he had. But in the end, he did separate from them. He was told to walk with them the whole time, but he tried separating from them to see what was going to be at the end of the day, and traveling by vineyards with his donkey in areas where there was a lot of vegetation he would be able to focus on the magic that he had, whatever that means. That's why HaKadosh was angry with Bilem because he went off a little bit in order to do his nichosh and magic, and that's when Hashem got angry, but he did allow him to go. That's how the Moshe Zakanin puts it. <laughs> now, the Ibn Ezra, and he quotes the gom, probably with high gom, that says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu never changed his mind. He didn't want him going with the first group of men because they weren't of enough, which is exactly what Rashi says that Balak thought. Only when more honorable men came with them was he willing to go. The Ramban says he doesn't like this answer because clearly he was supposed to curse B'nai Israel no matter who he went with. Why would that have changed? He doesn't like that answer at all. Now, Rev Sternbach in Tambitah suggests something else similar to the Ibn Ezra, but it's similar to this seventh answer. He says, The first group was Zikne Midyan. The elders of Midian, with summon in their hands, magics in their hands, who took care of all the customs and the laws of Moab and Midian. If Bill was allowed to go with them, it would strengthen their mindset that they were right, they were doing the right thing. On the other hand, this second group were honorable senators who were just there for honor. They didn't have any power whatsoever about cursing or doing anything like that. They were just honorable people. Going with them would not make them think that they were doing anything right. He was only going with them now because he had proper entourage. That doesn't mean he's doing anything necessarily. The lesson is that we cannot allow People to think, says Rush Sternbach, that we're honoring their opinions by debating them. Even if we don't agree with what they say, it doesn't make a difference. Just debating them is enough to make them think that they're legitimate. That we're not allowed to do. Just a debate grants that legitimacy and we can't do that. And that's why he couldn't go with the original Ziknay Midyan, but he could go with the Chash of people afterward because they meant something else. Maybe that's what the Ibn Ezra and the Gon mean. Maybe that's what they're referring to. Number eight is another answer to the Ibn Ezra as well as the Rabbein of You compare this to the Moraglam, like we said before. Shlach What that means is you can go ledaytcha. I'm not commanding you to do so, but you're allowed to. Clearly a Kurdish Baruch will allow people to make their own decisions even if he knows they're bad for it's bad for them. He's going to warn them before them before they give their answer. Bilam should have questioned Baruch Hu himself when he was first told not to go with them. But then was told, Kum He should have known the concept of, wrote So wherever you want to go, will bring you and not go step you in But the Ramban doesn't like this answer either, because how could somebody be punished for something that he has permission to do from Baruch Hu? Even if he should have figured it out, but he has permission. Why would we allow that? And the Ramban himself says there's no contradiction. He says, at first, Billam asked if he would be allowed to curse them. And he was told he would not be able to since they were blessed. So you won't be able to curse them. Bullock didn't believe that Billam couldn't do so. That's what he meant. When he came back to him and said, what, you can't curse them? He couldn't understand. He thought something was lacking on his part. That's why he sent greater men to see what he would do. Now, Billam told him exactly what he heard the first time, but he doesn't know how Shemai works, right? And he said, look, the first time they told me, no, but I don't know how works. Maybe it's different now. So let's wait to see what a kaddish says tonight. <coughs> That's how the ramban says. Says the ramban, he was correct in doing that because that is true. Sometimes a kaddish does make decisions based on a different time. Yesterday you couldn't curse them, but today you could. It's possible that that does happen. People do sins. That night, hakaddish Baruch Hu did not repeat what he said earlier. He would not be able to curse the people, and that hundred percent was was there. But if you want to go with them, you can only on condition that you don't curse them. You have to say to them, and this is what the Ramban says, you have to go up to them and you're gonna say, okay guys, I can go with you, but I'm told that I cannot curse. And you should have asked them, do you still want me to go with you? Do you still want me to go with in the first place? Now. He didn't say that, obviously. He didn't say anything like that. And that was problematic for two reasons. Number one, had he told them that, they probably would have said, then don't come in the first place. Number two, now there's a Chilil because the messengers think that Balak, that, that uh, the messengers of Bullock thought that Kaddish Baruch Hu changed his mind, or he was joking with them beforehand because they thought that Willem was coming with them in order to curse the people. And he never discouraged that fact. That doesn't make any sense. And that's something he never should have done. The Ravin B'chaya takes it a bit further after this Ramban, which is a brilliant Ramban. He says, were B- B- Billam's curses really that powerful? Did he really have the power to destroy people just by his word? And if he was, if they were that powerful, is it possible that they were more powerful than Hashem? Could Hashem not stop something that Billam said? Let him curse, and HaKadosh powerful will make sure it doesn't happen. So why not let him curse? We can't say, though, that his words are so powerful, because why wouldn't he just bless himself to become king? Why wouldn't he just make, get, get people to give him money? He clearly wasn't as powerful as everybody thought he was. He even asked to die the death of the Asharim. That's what he says in his breathless Declavius song. And he didn't. He was killed by the sword. So clearly he really didn't have any power. But he was a wise person. And wise people have a way of finding things, ways of doing things that you wouldn't have expected otherwise. So he knew when Akkadish Baruch, Hu, so to speak, became angry, and he wanted to use that idea. So even so, why not let him curse? I mean, fine. He's found the day, the time when Akkadish Baruch Hu gets angry. Let him curse, and Akkadish Baruch Hu will say no. What's the big idea? Akkadish Baruch Hu doesn't need to do anything like that. So he says, this is what the Abachai says, it was known above that Bnei Yisrael were about to go through a Magaifa, a plague. And they did. They lost 24,000 people at Shittim. The people would think it's because of Bilaam's curse. Had Bilaam actually cursed them, even if it meant nothing, people would make the mistake and think the 24,000 people that died came from him. Kadesh Baruch Hu didn't want anyone to say anything bad and think that it came from him. Therefore, he did not allow the curse to happen. Barbanel says people treated Bilaam's word like the word of God if you would curse them, they would rely on that and immediately begin to fight B'nai Israel. They would go fight and destroy, or try to destroy, parts of Bnei Israel, And it could be there were even people on Bnei Israel who would die in that war. If you remember Reb Moshe from last week that we talked about with Og. They would put themselves in a maqam sakan in a dangerous place. A Baruch Hu didn't want that. Therefore, he wouldn't allow him to curse so that the people wouldn't fight so that Bnei didn't have to enter a war. That's a pretty crazy answer, a really crazy answer. But that's how the Abarbanel learns it. Similar to what the Rabbin of says, says, and similar to the Ramban. The Chaim, number 10 has another way of understanding these pesukim. Kaddish Baruch Hu had two issues here. Here's the two issues. If he allows Bilam to go ahead and curse, it would look like Bilam makes his own decisions. He can do whatever he wants, when he's really just a dog who's chained to his master's gate. And he wanted everybody to know that he was just a dog. HaKaddish Baruch Hu wanted the world to know that Bilam can only do what he tells him to do. On the other hand, if he doesn't let him go, then it will look like HaKaddish Baruch Hu is afraid of what Bilam could possibly do, and that his curses have actual power, chas v'shalem. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu did two separate things, Says the Orachayim HaKadosh. First, he told him not to go, to show him nobody makes decisions but me, says Hashem. You, Bilem, do not get to make any decisions on your own. It's all my decisions and I will decide what's gonna be. Then, right, that's obviously proving that he's just a dog. It was also a process of saving Bilem's life. Bilem, don't do this, because if you go and you do try to curse Kallale, so even though you won't be successful, you're going to give bad advice that they should have the whole issue with the zonas, etc., and in the end, you're going to die by the sword. It really is trying to do it, and that's why it goes through. But that's why he told them not to go. Then a Broker did something different. The second time, he used the word im, as if it's a suffix, but it's not a suffix. Or I should say it better. It is a suffix, but it's not what Bilem thinks it is. If you think you will benefit from this, says Akharish Baruch Hu, which you won't, which is Akharish Baruch Hu trying to hint to him, if you think you're going to benefit from it, then you should go. But Hashem was giving him a condition. Only go if you will benefit, which you won't. Which you won't. So it's not as similar to the thing that we mentioned above where he said, if you think, right, where it almost becomes like that. It's saying Akharish Baruch Hu said at first, you can't go, you're my dog. And then he said, if you think you're going to benefit, which you won't, then you can go and you'll be able to go, but you're only going to say what I want you to say. He wouldn't be allowed to do Nichushim the entire way, like we said from the Kaliakr, because then he realized what would happen. He would try to return, he would instead. And Akadush Parochal made sure that in the end, he gave the brachad a kla they deserved. And that's why Akadush was, so to speak, angry. He gave him so many hints that a navi like him should have realized something was wrong and he didn't realize it. When a navi on his stature doesn't realize that, that's a major problem. Now the Kliyakr says there are two different types of shluchim. This is the answer number, tw- number 11. Sometimes a shliak makes a tanai, makes a condition that he will only go or do what he's supposed to do if he's promised a certain amount of money or something great. Other times, the schlech won't be promised anything at all. He'll just do it, what he was told to do, right? A kriya or not, depending on what he wants at that time. What a Kaddish Baruch said to Billum was simple. If they're telling you to do something and promising you a large amount of money to do so, then you can go with them, right? However, you won't be able to fulfill their conditions. I give you no permission to be able to fulfill those conditions. But if they're just calling on you to see what you think, then you can say yes or no afterward, then you can go with them. So that's similar to what we said up above, that it was like a temporary agreement, that you can go and advise them, but it's not really advice. It's more like, tell them what you, what I told you. Do you want me to go, because I'm going to have to bless, and see what they say, and see what ends up happening. And that's the idea. And he went anyway, thinking that he'd be able to fool Hakkosh Baruch Hu. The Torah says that Bilaam was a navi and led the nations in a derech emes, or he was supposed to do that. It made sense that if the nations come to him and ask him to go do something, he could hear the word of God, he should go with them and help them with whatever it is. That's his job in this life. That's his job in this world. He's there to tell them the Rats and Hashem. So in Likro Lachaba and Hashem. if they're telling you, tell us what God wants, then I'm willing, then you can definitely go. That's what's going to be in the future and whatever it is. But if you're going in order to curse, then in the end you're just going to bless. That's, the, that's out of the range of a nubby like you. You can't do something like that. Tavaris Yonison said, although he did not succeed in cursing Bnei Yistro, obviously, and in fact, his brachas were publicized throughout the world and did succeed, he did succeed in a different way. He succeeded in giving them an iron horror. By looking on them long and hard. And that is why bad things began to happen afterwards, such as sheetim with the women, etc. That's why Akash Baruch was so upset that he went. That's why Akash Baruch got so angry. Even though in the end he did give one bracha that would change into something good, right? The Matogu issue. But even so, Maybe it's possible that just for those words, it was worth to send Willem in the first place. That's a possibility, right? But either way, says Rabbi Yonis and Eibchitz, there was no way that anything good was going to come to this. And he did accomplish something. The Ayin Hara did work. Now, the Malibim says, in order to answer this question, you need one other question. Why couldn't he curse Bnei Saul where he was in Aram? Why did he have to see them? Why do he have to go to Balak? Just curse them where he was. Bilim's, the Malbim says that's the difference between a kava and an arah, the two different types of curses. Aura could be anywhere. Arah, Aleph, Reshe could be absolutely anywhere, but they didn't want that. They wanted an ayin hara of sorts, something that they that something that something would allow them to lose a war. But that could only happen if you do a kava when looking at them. So Akarsha told them you can't do aura. that's outside of whatever, that's the first passage, but kava... Second puzzle. That's what they asked him to do. That would be allowed because we'll see later. Because no kava could be chal on them, and instead you're going to bless them. When he went in, he started running. He thought he was going to be able to do ara, and that's when Akudar Sparrfuj got angry at him, saying, "How dare you think that you could do ara?" And number fifteen, our last answer is Darugas Abosim. He says, "If someone does something shalom and aslakavol pras, not to get any money, it's very effective, even if it's something terrible." Had Bilaam gone with the first messengers, his curses would have been for no other reason. L'shem Shamayim, so to speak. He just wants to curse Benyestol because he hates them that bad, and that's that. When the second group of messengers came, they said they would give him lots of money and honor. And then it became almanaz l'kabal pras, in order to get a reward. Then he was allowed to go because an almanast l'kabal pras curse would never have any effect. A shalom almanast l'kabal pras might be able to have an effect, but an almanast l'kabal pras will never be able to be effective. And that's why Kaddish Berkhal said yes. Nonetheless, Bilem did everything in his power to not get paid. Hoping that's why Kaddish sparkle got angry at him because he didn't want to get paid. He wanted to do it shemayim without any. Pras as well to, in order to get anything, and that's a tremendous question. How to serve a kaddish And how Bilam wanted to go. Kares bnei That the zhashacher thought that Bilam uh, said that Bilam thought that Balak was going to cheat him out of the money no matter what, and that's why he was hesitating to go. That's how Shem told him he could only go if he was guaranteed fame or fortune. That would be l'kabel Pras, Where Shwab and Mayim be Shweva, he goes into this idea at length as well, and he says the same thing. Although he calls it the difference between lishma and shalol lishma, same basic idea. And number 16, the Marl Diskin says the second Pasuk, says the word Lila, because the second Nivua was very unclear. Remember, we're thinking that these words were told over to Billam, but really Billam wasn't sure exactly what Hashem wanted. The first Nivua was also given to him at night, right? There's no question but this one clearly says it was Lila. It says that Hashem appeared to him at night, and that means it was confusing and did not make any sense to him at all. It came to him right at a time when he couldn't have understood it, obviously the opposite of somebody like Moshe Rabbeinu, and he should have known that such a dream and a vision should not be mevatil, the clear vision that he had the night before, which says no. One clear vision that said no, and the second unclear vision that said, maybe you can go as long as etc. that suffix should not taken away from the badai. The Shema shouldn't have taken away from the bari. The perhaps shouldn't take away from the sure thing right over here. He also says that cursing Bnei Yisrael would never be enough to be able to defeat them in war. So Billam is allowed to go and do whatever he wants because even if he did, they were just fooling themselves by thinking that this is enough. And if they wanted to pay him for it, Kola The kavod. The says the exact same thing. This dream was a night dream filled with doubts. It didn't make much sense to him, especially after he was just told not to curse them. So when he did go, I because that's how the Meshachachma puts it. Now, the end of the passage says the word, Oso-sa-sa, sa, that you should do this thing. That's the idea of what a person should do. But well, the part is, Yosef says, there are Meforshim that question those words. And they say, what does it mean, oso sa, sa It should be oso siddha there. That's what you'll speak. After all, Karsipa was telling him, this is what he would have to say, not what he would have to do. The Chhsam-silver answers in Torah's Moshe that Bilam's plan was to bless them with his mouth, but curse them in his heart. Outside, he'll say the words, but in the heart, he'll say he'll mean something worse. Therefore, take away all of his power and make him like the donkey's mouth. You're just doing what I want you to do. I'm going to move your lips, I'm going to make it happen. He says, when a person's piv and libo are the same, the dibor is considered like a maisa. And that answers this question. That's the idea over here. Oso sa'ase. I'm going to make your heart and your speech the exact same thing, says Akadosh Baruch Hu de Billum, And that's how it's going to come out. And that's Oso Sa'aset. The Shaq says Oso Sa'aset. Hints to the donkey doing something strange, which was forcing off the road and speaking to him. That would make him realize that he truly could not do anything on his own. And Baruch would force him to do what he wants to do. Oso Sa'aset. You're going to be forced, as you'll see from the donkey itself. Igor de Kala says the word Asiya is used when it comes, when it means you're being forced to speak. That's when the word asiya is used. You'll have to say what you want to, say, what I want you to say, even against your will. to the Benishkai, literally, his mouth wasn't moving, and words were coming forth, even though his lips weren't moving. Saying to Bullock, like, it's not me, I'm not saying it, it's coming from myself. Even the words that will come out of your mouth will form other tzirufin. It will become new words that will end up blessing them no matter what your intention was. That's how the Egrit de puts And the Repenchus Mikoritz in Kodesh Ilulam says the reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke with this Russia was so that B'nai be blessed. If you go... You will do what I want you to do, which is bless them. And that's Ososa oh, so said. That's what it means over here. You're going to end up doing Ramosha. And Darsh Moshe asks, why Akadosh Baruch Hu allowed everything to happen this way? Why allow Bilam to come near the camp, even if in the end he blessed them instead of cursing them? Just don't let him come in the first place. Then you don't need anything at all. It says to show the power of the Yitzharah. Willem was a nubby and knew this is not what a Kudder Sparrow wanted. And yet he still tried to do everything he could to do what he wanted. That's what our Yitzhahara does. We know it's bad. We know it's a horrible thing. And yet we still can't stop ourselves from doing it. And that's the lesson behind everything. Willem is really sometimes ourselves. That's what we do. We, can't just, we just can't stop ourselves from doing that horrible, horrible thing. We'll stop right there, everybody. Have a great Shabbos.